When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The same heterosexual experience that people in these communities had. So how can you generalize me into this stereotype when you don't know my experience? All right, there's how that went, or at least a portion of how that went, as we hit 707 on Classic today. Again, Mr. Frimpong with us in the 9 o'clock hour. Joining us now, Andrew Lawrence up early with us. Andrew Lawrence, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. And and you write for, and I'm reading some of your work now from our campus reform, and they're the ones who are out in front on this story, about reporting this story of where we are. Take us back to, I mean, you're telling me this was September, I think September 12th of last year. This is a meeting of University of Georgia Democrats. It's taking place at, I think, the Miller Learning Center at UGA. Uh, set the scene. What was going on here? He was invited to speak, and he's going to speak to a lot of what he said on YouTube and elsewhere. You're there. To, why? Why were you there? So, like you said, at that time, I was working as a student journalist, and some of the things that Mr. Osei from Prong had published online, they were already on my radar from just writing about, you know, faculty members and uh, events going on on the UGA campus, and I decided to attend the meeting to ask him how it was possible that he could talk about equality and freedom and all these things, but make such egregious remarks against a whole race of people. So I went to the meeting. Um, I waited until he was done with his talk, which lasted 20 to 30 minutes. And then I started to ask a question. I waited until the Q&A session. I didn't interrupt him. Um, and I started to read some of the things he had said as, as, re- as a reference. And before I could even get to, like, the second statement he had made, um, he just kind of shut me down, started talking over me. The rest of the room had to be about 50 people, just started yelling, wouldn't let me ask my question. So I pulled out my phone, and I just started recording, and the rest is history. I think over the over. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, the video has now been viewed about half a million times collectively. All right, now let me, Andrew Lawrence, let, with all due respect, let me tell you what I saw. And the video is only seven minutes, I think, if, if we're talking about the same video. And I watched about uh, seven minutes of it. In its entirety, here is what I saw. You tell me if I'm wrong, and and, and, and feel free. But what I saw was Mr. Frimpong, Mr. Osei Frimpong, he appeared to be calm. He wasn't yelling or screaming. He was not the one dropping the F-bomb. We didn't have to bleep him. We had to bleep you. You were the one with the profanity there. I, I, I mean, I, I saw a very calm and collected Mr. Frimpong, and you were the one who was worked up. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I was very worked up. You know, I regret some of the language that I ended up using in the video, but as a student, when so if you watch the beginning of the video, the first thing he tells me when it starts is for me to shut my yap. Someone who is supposed to be paid by the university and has academic influence over students should carry themselves in a much different way. I spent several minutes in that room um, being yelled at by other students, 
it was a frustrating experience, and I regret that um, I got so heated, but it was a difficult experience for me to be yelled at by other students and to have someone who's supposed to be an authority figure talking to me the way he was talking and making snide remarks about how people who were born in the South use manners as a way to sustain oppression. I was already upset by some of the statements he was making about my community. So, yes, I did get worked up. Um, but if you try and follow what he was talking about, he's not a very articulate person. It was very difficult to actually follow what he was saying, and he was never addressing any of the things I was asking him. It could be, and again, we'll, we'll talk with Mr. Frimpong uh, in a couple of hours, but we're getting your side of the story now, uh, Rami Osei Frimpong. All right, uh, you, you're concerned with what he has said and what he has written. Uh, it could be suggested that in reporting it, and you were doing this as a student journalist at the time at the University of Georgia, you're shining light and bringing attention to someone who candidly probably wouldn't have generated a lot on his own. Well, he already, he already had a pretty significant social media following on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, he has a very active YouTube channel that has been going on for several years. So you are correct. Some of this publicity that he's now garnered is because of this. Um, I wouldn't say that it's all positive publicity. I think that it's pretty, pretty negative overwhelmingly. Um, but I think that we were at the point where it was important to tell the public about there being someone who their tax dollars are paying for working at the University of Georgia that is openly and freely saying these things and disrespecting a whole group of students that he's supposed to be teaching. Uh, Andrew Lawrence with us here. Uh, all right. Uh, to what he said and to what the university might be doing about it. First of all, you're telling me, and again, this dates back to actually September. We're all learning about this. This this blew up on social media over the past few days. Uh, but, but this actually, you're telling me, happened back in the fall. Uh, the university has been in possession of this video since. Uh, they got it about the same time you did, about the same time you, you were recording it. You made it available to them. And to this point, you're saying they didn't release they didn't put it out there and and until very recently haven't indicated any willingness to do anything about it. No, yes, sir. The Equal Opportunity Office and the Office of the Legal Counsel have known about my interaction since the week it happened in September. They've had copies of his tweets and screenshots in their possession since then. So my question is why now? I met with the EOO three different times to discuss Mr. Osei-Frimpong's statement. They never followed up with me after any of those meetings. I was also told that they felt that his comments were not egregious enough to warrant me filing an official complaint. So here we are now with comments about white people supposedly naming their thing, their kids things like Cletus and possibly having to die to advance the black community, and the public is outraged. Uh, and now it appears, now that this has gone public and, and viral in its own way, it does appear, Andrew Lawrence, that the university is changing its stance. We've seen a couple of different statements from the University of Georgia over the last few days. The first I characterized as rather tepid, and I, I, for whatever reason, this is my fault. I don't have it in front of me now, but it was basically a non-response response. We Freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. A more recent mm-hmm. statement, a, a tweet that says the following, the university has been vigorously exploring all available legal options. Racism has no place on our campus, and we condemn the advocacy or suggestion of violence in any form. We are seeking guidance from the Office of Attorney General as to what actions we can legally consider in accordance with the First Amendment. That reads to me, and let's see if it hits you the same way, Andrew Lawrence. That sounds like the kind of thing you say when you're trying to figure out if and how you might, I don't know, fire somebody. Yes, 
Yes, the, the third statement that UGA released on Sunday night was far more reassuring for me than the first two. The, their tone had definitely changed, and if they're truly doing what they say they're doing, which is working with the Office of the Attorney General to explore their legal options, then I think there can be some progress. But there can be some progress made. I, I just hope that the statement isn't just a response to donors threatening to withhold funding. Which, by the way, you went on Twitter and asked donors to do. You went on Twitter. Right. You said the following: I believe it is not ethically responsible at this time for alumni to financially support an institution that is not willing to properly ensure the safety and respect of its student body. You're calling on alumni to not donate to the University of Georgia. Yes, sir. I'm going to continue to ask donors to withhold funding from the university and to reach out to UGA and explain why at this time we feel that it is unethical unethical to support an institution that defends militant racism. Um, I received a call from a very involved alumni just two days ago who indicated that he's going to withhold his $10,000 annual donation until the matter is resolved. UGA has an opportunity to really establish a position here on how they deal with these types of issues, and the alumni are watching. All right, again, uh, Andrew Lawrence with us. I'm up against a break. I hadn't planned on this, but I think we got more to cover here. Can you stick around a couple of minutes and join us on the other side? Sure. Andrew Lawrence. Uh, I, I identified him earlier as a student. He's actually an alum now of the University of Georgia. Back with more Classics of Today, WGAU. All right, just hang tight. We'll be with you in a second. Okay. Hey, what's the, I saw the 912 area code. Where are you from? I grew up in Varela. Oh, okay. All right. I actually live up in Washington, D.C. now, though. What are you doing? So I'm just up here right now looking for work and (laughs) trying to feel out some, some different universities to see where I might want to do grad school. Oh, okay. All right. D.C. is a great place. Nobody believes that, if, especially for young people. How old are you? You're in your 20s, right? I'm 23, yeah, and it yeah. is. You're D.C. Right, is great for young people. It's a place. Yeah. It is. I love it. But the weather has been a change for me. It's like <laughs> yeah. I last week, yeah. and yeah. it's freezing cold here. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do anything improper here, but I, I, I want to make sure I understand when we come back. Your remarks were made in the context of, of you as a member of the LBGT community? Um, yes, sir. Okay. I, I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm also a member of the LGBT community. And that is something I did want to touch on. I'm glad you mentioned that because at one point during this interaction, and it it was not actually caught on recording. It happened after I, I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Um one of the leaders of the Young Democrats, I think their vice president, yelled at me, you don't belong here. <laughs> right. And there's just an irony there, a yeah. Democrat yelling at someone who's a religious minority yeah. and a member of the LGBT community right. that they don't belong at their All meeting. Right. Yeah. All right, hang tight. We'll be going here in just another eh, 45 seconds or so. <clears throat> So
717 and 27 degrees. Tim Bryant, top story. Some reports putting a death toll of 100. A Taliban attack on a military base in Afghanistan. California Senator Kamala Harris says she is a candidate for president, joins a growing list of announced Democrats. Georgia lawmakers back at work after Monday's King Day recess, holding budget hearings today, tomorrow, and Thursday in Atlanta. Homicide investigation in Gainesville. 26-year-old man shot and killed Gainesville police. At last report, searching for a suspect and a new director for the Athens Clark County Economic Development Department, Michelle Wynn, has been appointed by Athens Clark County Manager Blaine Williams. Jerry Smith with your Weather Channel forecast with sunshine this afternoon, Athens 48. We'll start to see a few showers tonight, then tomorrow, cloudy with rain, 60 the high tomorrow. Well, 718, 27 degrees. City Hall in downtown Athens, Tim Bryant, Classics of Today, WGAU. So, finding white people is a skill, and you're going to get an education. I suppose we'll all get a bit of an education this morning. Iranio Frimpong, uh, much in the news of late, teaching assistant at the University of Georgia. Uh, finding white people is a skill, he says, says elsewhere that maybe some white people need to die to advance the cause of, of racial justice, whatever. He says this uh, and said these things in a number of places, his own uh, YouTube channel, for one. I uh, said it uh, more prominently, and that's the focus of the conversation here this morning. I uh, said it more prominently in a meeting of University of Georgia Democrats actually held last fall, last September. University of Georgia's Miller Learning Center said these and other things uh, in interacting with our, our guest, continuing our conversation with Andrew Lawrence. Andrew Lawrence was at the time a student at the University of Georgia, has since graduated now in D.C., in fact, joining us from D.C. this morning. By the way, what you're from Vidalia, South Georgia, your degree at UGA. What'd you study? Political science. Political science. And may I ask, and I don't know that this is even relevant to the conversation, but, but I, because it's my show and I'm curious, I ask, politically, where are you? What are you? What I, what I say conservative, uh, Andrew? What I say liberal, Andrew? What are you politically? Uh, so I tend to identify as a moderate conservative. Um, I'm pretty far right fiscally conservative, but socially moderate. Uh, I think you have to be, you know, you're a millennial or part of the newer generation of, of Republicans. And, uh, yeah, I tend to be further toward the center um, on social issues. And there may be another reason there, and by way of putting this into context, and again, for the audience's sake, clarify, I'm not doing anything untoward here. I'm not outing this young man. He is openly a <laughs> member of the LGBT community, and he, he, that was, in fact, and we'll work this into the conversation here, was part of your interchange with Mr. Frimpong back in, what, September? Yes, sir, it was. It was. How did that play out? What happened? So, um, during the course of this meeting and this exchange, there was uh, actually, there was a member of the leadership team for the Young Democrats at UGA who yelled at me, you don't belong here, Um, which I I found laughable at best and ironic that an organization that is supposed to be a representation of the Democrat Party who touts love and acceptance was yelling at a gay Jewish guy that he didn't belong at their meeting. Um, and, and I went to the meeting to talk with Mr. Osei Pong about trying to fit all white people into this stereotype that we're all 
heterosexual, males, Protestant, faith. We, we don't fit into that stereotype. I did not have the same heterosexual white male upbringing that lots of men in the South, he's saying, had. Um, I, I grew up as a religious minority. I'm a member of the Jewish faith. Um, I, I've, I've grown up that way. I, I'm a member of the LGBT community. So I, I had a very different experience. Right, and you that you go to this meeting back in September. You know what he's going to be talking about. You know what he is about. Uh, what did you expect to happen? What did you think was going to happen? Well, I went there and I was hoping that we could have an exchange of views and an exchange of ideas. What did you think was going to happen? So, I really, I really thought that as someone who constantly promotes himself as an intellectual who can really have tough conversations about issues of race and social change. I thought that if I went there and I said, you know, what you're saying and what you're, what you're saying at this meeting and what you're posting online is apples and oranges, they're different things, you know, I thought that maybe that would bring to light in his eyes that what he was saying might not necessarily be adding up. You can't possibly say these things about people, but then also promote equality and freedom. And here I see it as a shining example of someone who doesn't fit into this stereotype that you're promoting about white people. So I, I hoped, honestly, that it would change his mind or somebody or someone else's, and they didn't even want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I hate to be the one to break it to you, especially at the tender young age of 23. I, I'm starting to wonder, and this may be 56-year-old cynical me, I'm starting to wonder if anybody ever changes their mind about anything. Uh, seriously, I'm wondering, I, 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 know, I, I know, listen, I, I applaud your idealism and your optimism, and go for it, please. Don't listen to what I'm about to say. But the older I get, the less I believe that people, people don't look for information anymore. They look for affirmation. People go to the meeting where this guy speaks to have their own views and values affirmed, not to have their minds changed. And probably, and to the extent that you made a mistake, and I don't mean to imply that you did, but if you did, that was your mistake, thinking, okay, I'm going to go in here and maybe change some hearts and minds. I'll use the phrase, with all due respect, I'm increasingly coming to believe that's a fool's errand. I think so. I think my own young optimism got in the way here. Um, You know, this this past semester, um, when this exchange took place, I also happened to be taking a political psychology class at the University of Georgia, and I should have paid a little bit more attention because everything that we learned in that class pointed to what you just said. By this age, people have already been shaped and molded into a lot of their beliefs, and it's very difficult to change. They only want to accept information that's going to affirm what they believe. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. All right. Back to, back to the University of Georgia. And I, I said this earlier this morning, and I'll say it to you. I don't necessarily have a problem with the things Mr. Frimpong says. I, I disagree with almost all of them, but he's First Amendment right, all of that. I don't really have a problem with what he said. I do have a problem with the way the University of Georgia responds. And, and to this extent, and, and to make it about me for a quick moment, I said it this way. If I go out and, and make some statements to that effect, if, if I go out and say, you know what, we should probably start lynching black people again. If I say that off campus, as it were, away from this radio station, in some other setting, someplace, 
the moment it gets back to my employers, I'm out of a job and I never work in this industry again. And there's no second chance and there's no appeal. Nobody buys the argument of freedom of speech or that I was saying it on my own time. But that seemed to be, at least initially, the University of Georgia's response to this. My problem's not with him. He says what he believes. However dopey it might sound to me and you, my problem is with the University of Georgia, which pays this guy. That sounds like it's your problem. Exactly right. You know, I'm a big advocate for freedom of speech, but unfortunately, the freedom for you to say something does not protect you from the repercussions of that speech. I take issues with the first two statements that the university released, mainly due to their lack of consistency in dealing with race issues. So, Last October, the university wasted absolutely no time in addressing the racist remarks allegedly made by baseball player Adam Sasser. Who who screamed the N-word in the direction of a football player at a football game. Yeah, and it was a rightful release. I'm not going to argue with that. um, But I'm baffled that the university is unable to condemn Mr. Osafer and Pong's statements in their first two statements they released which are very well documented. Uh, By the Um, way, some of what they said in those first two statements, that that he was expressing, quote, a personal opinion made in his personal capacity on a private platform. And again, I'll bring it back to me. None of those excuses would be good enough for me. I'd be out on my ass. Absolutely not. And rightly so, by the way. That yet, rightly so. That statement, I have never in my life had a job where the employer said, it's okay for you to go home and post whatever you want to on social media and not come to work the next day and be reprimanded for it because it's a reflection of us as an employer. Right. Andrew uh, Lawrence, we, we're up against it here. Got to leave it there. Kept you late. I appreciate that getting up early this morning. Joining us from D.C., good luck. I know you're on the job hunt up there. Just graduated from the University of Georgia. Best of luck with that and keep us posted on this. And again, we'll talk with Irami Osei-Frimpong after the top of the 9 o'clock hour, 727. Thank you for having me. Tim Bryant, the very briefest of breaks. Bottom of the hour news, when we come back, the really important stuff, never mind all this political race stuff, we got sports to talk about, basketball, Super Bowl football, and Baseball Hall of Fame. When we return, Classics of Today, WGAU.